This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Greg, what do we got? All right. Well, Anthony Lynn was fired from the... LA Char- I almost said San Diego. You almost Diego said Chargers San Diego. I know. Because, because that's what they are. Uh, after four seasons, he, he was a, had a 33-31 and 31 record, and he was 1-1 one one in the playoffs. George and LZ, what do you think of the firing? I mean, I'm not surprised by it, LZ. Uh, what I would say is, you know, he lost a lot of close games. I think they were 5-14 and 14 or something in one-score games, and that, that's the type of stuff, unfortunately, that's going to get you let go. Yeah, I mean – I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. One, you know, we have a relationship. But also, two, they started the season with their QB being stabbed in a lung by the team doctor. Right. There was that, yes. They don't have a full, you know, opportunity to to get their rookie quarterback up to speed in order to lead the team for the whole season. Like, to fire someone because of how how the team finished or played in a quarantine season – I just I don't think I don't agree with it in college, and I definitely don't agree with it in pros. Yeah, it, it is. It, I, look, you've been very steadfast on that position, and and I get it. Um, I I wouldn't, you know, I don't have any issues with that. I would have pretend, potentially kept him too, um, but I just feel like that one score thing, and particularly them trying to get any ground going here, um, as far as the LA fan base is concerned, I felt like they needed to make a move um, to try to grab LA now. Greg, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins here for a second. LZ, mm-hmm. who would you like to see interviewed for the job? Um, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is at the top of everyone's list. I would imagine he he, but his ability to work with QBs, right? Specifically, mm-hmm. is is something that I think is worth looking at. And if right. they don't go first time coach, go find Jim Caldwell. Oh, I thought Jim Caldwell just got hired somewhere. And apologize, not as a head coach. No. And apologize. I could have sworn he just got he, hired. Oh, the Texans really? are meeting, are interviewing him. Okay, yeah. That's go what find, yeah. Go find Jim Caldwell because Jim's won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. Even the he Lions won. were pretty good with him. The Lions went to the postseason multiple times with Jim Caldwell as our head coach. Right. And we already know what he did with the Colts when he had a healthy quarterback. So I, I'm with you on both guys. I like the enemy and I like Jim Caldwell. I think he needs a, another shot. Here's a guy who I think is, if I were Dean Spanos, I would also put on the list to interview. You may think I'm crazy. Jim Harbaugh. Boo. Here, here's why. Here's why. <laughs> okay. So he played for the Chargers, number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. His first coaching gig was I know they're not in San Diego anymore, but was USD, uh, University of San Diego, the Toreros. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the gig that catapulted him to the Stanford job. So, you know, I think that – I know that the San Diego fans have kind of like a love-hate relationship with them, but I still feel like there's, there's a, a decent amount of fans there um, that are still Charger fans. And I think that there is at least a familiarity from the past, right, whether it's his days with the Chargers or whether his days with USD, that I think that – 
at least you should consider it. And let's face it, he's never going to win at Michigan because here's a dirty little secret. Nobody ever wins at Michigan, okay? They won once, and it was 1997 in the last, like, 80 years, <laughs> okay? Like, that's the reality of this thing, okay? Nobody wins at Michigan. That is the dirty little secret. Everyone thinks they can win, but no one actually wins there. That's, you know, no it's kind of like Notre Dame, right? Yeah. There, Nobody no, no actually lot. wins at Notre Dame. <laughs> like, they can get to, like, the playoff and maybe, like, but they always get destroyed. But Michigan's never even been to the playoffs. So. No, I know. But my, Michigan- my, my only thing with, with Jim is that um, from what I've seen at his time with the uh, Michigan uh, football team. Correct. Um, he's not very good at working with young players. And the Chargers is still a young, young team. So I'm not quite sure if his temperament is right for this setting. Oh, I actually think he'd be better um, with with kind of like a mix of like – they have a mix of veterans and younger guys. And let's not forget, you know, when he was with the Niners, he had a younger-ish type team, but a pro team where he had real expectations he could lay on them. So I, I, I would at least kick the tires on him. That That's just me. Or Greg, what else you got? All right. So since 1976, there has been a it's the Lake Superior State University in Michigan's Upper Peninsula have made a list, an annual list of words that need to be eliminated from the English language. So there are 10 words here. I'm going to ask you if you think they should be eliminated words or phrases. And then if you have any extras that you want to add in, you can. So COVID-19 is one of the words that need to be erased from our language in out. Uh, that's I mean, stupid. I don't. I don't, I don't think you should erase <laughs> that's, that's, it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, not say measles next? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, hey, these are the words that you Social distancing. They want to get rid of social distancing. The word so is what done. I, I think the word should actually be physical distancing, not social distancing, because I think that social distancing implies that you are not being sociable um, or, or able to socialize, and you could still do that via technology. What about the phrase, we're all in this together? Yeah, get rid, get of, rid of it. Yeah, because yeah, clearly, we're not. Um, clearly we're not. Some of us are, and some of us are not. So we, we want to be all in it together, but then life happens, and yeah. then we realize, you know, somebody doesn't want to go to Target with a mask on, so right. whatever. All right, that is what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. All right, so I, I teased earlier that Greg has concerns about the Lakers. Speaking of the Lakers, our pal Mike Trudell is going to stop by at 5.30, and you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. Uh, so Trudell at 5.30, we'll talk Lakers with him. Um, in the interim, Greg, tell us what your concerns are with the Lakers seven games into the season where they're 5-2 and two and tied for first place in the Western Conference. And so, by the way, before you begin – Okay. Your list of complaints cannot last longer than a number of games they've actually played already. Okay, go so I only got like seven seconds. All right, so these are more not so much concerns as things to watch. Last year, the Lakers were a team that were dominant inside with JaVale McGee, with uh, Dwight Howard, and always having a big seven-footer in there. They were one of the tops in blocks. I think they led the league in blocks, and they were great with stopping guys in the paint. This year, it has not been that way. They have only held one team to under 50 points of points in the paint. So is there a problem inside the paint with size? Is size an issue? Okay. Um, go ahead, Grazi, you go first. Well, if you recall, during the free agency period, when we signed Montrez Harrell, which I believe was on a Friday, I, um, I was a little bit hesitant 
because I was concerned about our interior size for defensive purposes. And, you know, people accuse me of, oh, stop hating on the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. I'm like going, you're not really understanding the value that Dwight Howard and, yes, JaVale McGee brought. Rim protectors, seven-footers, long, that mucks up the paint. Um, that's not what we have now. Um, where Marcus Saul is very smart in terms of positioning, but he just isn't an athlete. He never was the athlete that those other guys were, and he's definitely not the athlete now. So, Greg... Even though I trashed the beginning of the segment, I do think that is something to just keep a casual eye on how they handle penetration from guards and how they handle post plays now that they're down to essentially one seven-footer. Um, here's what I would say about that. They're just changing their style. Like, that's the reality of it. They're evolving. Um, I actually think that, yes, they may be a hint worse on defense in regards to uh, certain aspects, and their offense um, may be generated in a slightly different fashion. Um, but what I would say to this, Greg, is, you know, LeBron and AD have very much, okay, talked about openly, right, that they are going to cherry pick the first half of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron and AD are not going in there and getting dirty in the paint just yet as much as they normally would. So I think that plays a role, plus to LZ's point, you know, the, the roster makeup is different. Marcus Gasol is playing in the high post. So Marcus Gasol is either shooting the ball from the three-point line or three-point line to free-throw line extended, or he is moving the ball, finding guys in ways that we haven't seen a big man here do in a while, okay? So I think that you just have to understand that this is just different. Um, it doesn't mean it's worse. It just means it's different, and you need to get used to different. No, and that's and that's totally fair. But you're talking about Marcus Saul on offense. It's more so about what's happening on the defensive end. He's getting some block shots. He's doing an okay job in there. But guys are just getting into the paint, like especially the quick guards that we worried about last year. Right there, they're getting into the paint now. Because right, they but can. but in a, in a perfect world, when it matters, we've already seen how this movie works. Anthony Davis plays center, and those right. things go away. <laughs> right. No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right about that, George. I just, um, at the time during the offseason, the loss of Miguel, of Miguel, JaVale and Dwight, to me, was a blow to the things that made us so successful against teams with big men. Um, and now we're asking Marc Gasol to be the defensive player of the year he was a few years ago, but unfortunately, that was a few years ago. And even then, he wasn't an above-the-rim sort of rim protector as much as he was physical and just really smart with spacing. Uh, yeah, sure. It's just different, though. It, it, it is it is different. And But when it matters, it's going to be AD in there defending the paint. And right. it's going to be – and and honestly, when those guys are – you know, the Lakers are also losing points in the paint because offensively they're not attacking the paint the same way. You know what I mean? Because LeBron and AD are not doing that. So I, I think all that stuff will be remedied over time. I, I just think that there's a bit of a feeling out process here that's playing uh, into this as well. What is your other concern <laughs> Sure. And then, so the other thing that I'm concerned about is, and I get it, there's a bunch of new guys and they're still working each other out, but the turnovers are really, really bad right now. They're averaging around 17 turnovers a game, and that's just too high. I mean, last year they were around 10, 11. So I just want them to get back to that point. I just want to watch that. LZ, are you with me, against me on this? Well, it's not that I'm against you. It's just that, you know, last season the Lakers would go through stretches in which they were turnover prone. 
right. often. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this season just started with one of those stretches as opposed to what you're witnessing being a you know sort of an indicator of what's going to be a season-long problem. Yeah, uh, and here's what I would say, Greg. Um, I'm looking at them right now. The Lakers are averaging 15.4 turnovers per game so far this season through seven games. Last year – Last year, to LZ's point, they averaged 15.2. <laughs> so <also> I, a <laughs> lot. I, I, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, I also would – and I know there are some games that are way worse than others, okay? I get mm-hmm. that. Um, but to your point, I think you, you nailed it, Greg. Like, this is a new team. They're figuring each other out. There's new lineups. Frank Vogel has talked openly about tinkering with rotations and lineups early in the season. And – by the way, he's not the only guy doing this. Pretty much every coach, for the most part, is doing that right now, uh, particularly the teams that went deep into the postseason, right? Like you're seeing that with Denver. You're seeing that with Miami. You're seeing that with the Lakers, right? Like you're seeing that with, with um, uh, Boston. Like they are tinkering with stuff right now because they've got to. There was, you know, in, in, the, in the two finals teams' cases – it was 71 days from their last game to their first game. So I, I just think there's so much of a feeling out process, no real training camp, you know, very little preseason. I, I just think that there is no reason to, to get worried about any of this stuff or even have concerns in a normal season with all those other things that I mentioned, a real training camp, right? Real preseason schedule. You're talking about most coaches would say, eh, you got to give it like 20 games. LZ, is it fair to say that during these circumstances, maybe you're stretching that to 25, maybe even closer to 30 games? I would say so. I mean, there was a lot of movement in the league. Yeah. A lot of movement. We've seen some really strange scores, final scores. I mean, a Clipper team, as much as we much, you know, some of us may enjoy them losing, a Clipper team losing by 51 points with or without Kawhi Leonard is ridiculous. Right. But this is just what we're going to see because, to George's point, Greg, a lot of teams are going to be tinkering, and with all the movement that happened in this offseason, a short offseason, by the way, you're just going to have some chemistry issues. I don't think we have chemistry issues. I just think that we're the Lakers. And, and I think turnovers, that's why. 15 turnovers, 16 turnovers, stretches of turnovers are just going to be part of it because we're so unselfish. And I think that's just why we have to like pay attention to these little things and why I'm watching to see what's going on in the paint and the turnovers. And then the last one that I have is, you know, it's a it's a big one because we've talked about it so much. But what's what's the Kyle Kuzma thing going on here? I mean, like when he starts, he plays well when he doesn't. Oh, he wait, wait, wait. So you're else. telling me Kyle Kuzma, who thinks of himself as a starter when he's out there starting, you're yes. saying that he's good. Um, I also think that some of that has to do with the fact that Marcus Gasol is such a great passer from the high post, and and Kuz's shot chart looks two ways, okay? The bulk of his shots are either from the wings, right, from three, or at the basket, cutting. And Marcus Gasol might be, still, even at this stage, the best big man uh, from the high post, or anyone from the high post, let alone a big man, but certainly the best big man, uh, finding guys cutting to the basket. And Kuzma's been the beneficiary of that. Yeah, Kuz has changed his game a little bit, recognizing, you know, that he's going to have to do a lot more movement to get, you know, shots where he can be successful. And to George's point, Mark Gasol, I got him at number two. I got I got Jokic as number one as the big man, the fine cutters and things like that. That's but, a good point. I, I completely overlooked Jokic. That's a great point. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, but to me, the difference between them two as passers isn't significant. Like, like – 
if you're telling me Jokic or or, or Marcus Sol at the top of the key with the ball, I'm good either way. Right. So I don't think their skill set in terms of passing is that different. But Kuz benefits from being out there with LeBron as well as with Schroeder, as well as with Marcus Gasol, because now as he's moving, he's got three guys looking for him. When he comes off the bench, that's not the same thing. So Trudell's going to stop by at 5.30. We'll talk more about this. We'll, we'll give him the laundry list of concerns that Greg Bergman has. Uh, we will let his uh, get his thoughts in on that particular discussion. But first, I got to let you know that coming up next in about two minutes, um, we got to get back to the Rams, all right? And what has LZ done when it comes to Jared Goff? He was the leader of the bandwagon. Is that no longer the case? We'll touch on that in two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. <laughs> the Wolf has gotten uh, more run on this station today <laughs> than he may have ever gotten in all his days in college at Wake Forest, which is a really highly uh, prestigious school to go to, so- by the way. So, dude, let me tell you. So, I was texting with someone, you know, in the know. All right, let's say close to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I just casually said, "Yo, I wouldn't be mad at you if you went after Gardner Minshew." Right. And this person hit me back and says, "You know, the Wolf has some some Minshew in him." And so I was like, "Well, oh, all right. Well, let's see. You know what this is." And so I'm watching, and he takes off for the first time for that first down, and I was like, "Where is he going?" Right. Why is he running out past his line of scrimmage? Yeah. Our quarterbacks don't do that. <laughs> the Wolf, you, you know, the I, the Wolf has swayed you in a way that I've never seen. I honestly, you have been such a Jared Goff guy. Like you really have. You de- I remember Mina was on here the other day and you were defending him. Um, you know, uh, we were talking to also Ryan Clark was on with us and you were defending him and it feels like I'm not saying that you, you know, you can't, your heart can't be split in different parts, but it feels like you may have, uh, you know, perhaps moved on a little bit from golf. You got a new boo. Nah, I don't, I don't have a new boo. You know, every marriage at the three-year mark goes through a little bit of a lull. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I'm in a lull right now. Yeah, you know, the sex isn't as good anymore. You're not as spontaneous. You know, it's just always in the bedroom on Wednesdays. After a while, you're like going, you know. How about when we used to do it on the sink, okay? Like, what happened to that? Exactly. Yeah, Jared, what happened to the sink, damn it? But... <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, it's not the wolf necessarily. It's a quarterback who can move. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's always sitting back and watching other teams have that guy. And for a couple of moments yesterday, we had one of those guys. And you know how you could tell we had one of those guys? Because after the play was down, the defenses are looking at each other like, you know, you, you what are you doing? You're supposed to be spying him, blah, blah, blah. When you see the frustration of the defense because a guy had just run 11 yards, you thought that was Jared Goff, 
who's looking for an 11-yard pass, and all of a sudden the guy just takes off because there's a gaping hole, and he's fast enough to take advantage of it, and it, and it throws off everyone. We've never had that on a Sean McVay. No. Never. No. It was it, it, always yeah. either the protection's there and we're successful or the protection breaks down and Lord knows what's going to happen. Right. You, and you you just had to pray for the best, basically, in those situations. Um, look, he's like a sexy new toy, right? Like you got him on – you got him for the holidays, right? You got a sexy mm-hmm. new toy and you like to – you want to play with the new toy. I get it. But you know what? That old toy, right? This is like Woody and Buzz Lightyear all of a sudden, right? Buzz Lightyear is a lot fancier than Woody, right? Um, But Woody is dependable, right? Like, you know what you're getting with Woody. This this version of Buzz Lightyear, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the batteries may not be in right because Woody, you pull the string, you know he's going to say something. With Buzz Lightyear, if the batteries aren't working, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe the lights are flickering and they're not, and he's talking, or if he's talking, he's talking too slow. It, that's what happens with a new toy. Sometimes you don't get as much as you bargained for. I, I, I agree with you. I agree. But I will say that when you break down the skill sets that we've been able to witness in this very, very, very short period of time, mm-hmm. we know that golf is a superior passer. Right. You can just see it, right? He's just he's a better passer than the wolf. Mm-hmm. After that? <laughs> well, but the you know, the position that, is quarterback <laughs> though. Like that is a big part of the of the job description. Yeah, but if you're on your ass, you can't throw the football. Uh, agreed? But you could throw the football before you get off get on your ass. Like there's that part of it. There is. You need to tell Jared that. Right. So that he can do that more consistently. I'm just I can't believe I, I'm the no, guy defending Jared Goff no now one. when I've been the guy that has not been necessarily defending Jared Goff. And I'm not trashing Jared. I'm not trashing Jared. I earnestly believe that this Rams franchise with Sean McVay will win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as the quarterback. Look, look, look. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? It, it, it don't sound like you think they're gonna win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. No, 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 no. They can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Absolutely. He's that good. They're that good. My question is, why stop at one? So you're saying you want someone else because you think that the sustained success of a better player at that position could allow them to be a potential generational team. A more mobile quarterback who's able to perpetually continue to put pressure on a defense, even when the defense takes away their first two, three options, is the team that typically is able to have multiple successes during the postseason. You know, and even even though that Tom Brady wasn't very mobile, even in his prime, he had an ability to extend plays by moving within the pocket which is still something Jared is not very good at. Right. He knew how to step up, side, yes. you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah, he did a little cha-cha dance inside the pocket. Here, exactly. Let me ask you this. You, you said something earlier. You said that you think they're good enough even right now to win the Super Bowl. Are they, they are. though? Yes, they are. Because here's the thing. Here's what I would say. Um, I, I, I do think, and I looked this up, the Rams are – Four and two against the other playoff teams, okay, this year. That would be the third, tied for second best record. The Chiefs are 4-0. Obviously, they've only got one loss. Um, And it was to the Raiders of all teams. (laughs) Um, 
Yes, Greg, your team beat the team that probably will win the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that as your eight and eight. Eight and um, eight, baby. <laughs> um, the Packers are four and two, and the Rams are four and two. Now the Steelers are five and three, uh, but they have the extra loss. But like the Rams, to your point, are capable. But I recall a conversation we had with Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, one if not my most favorite uh, NFL analyst that we have on ESPN Television. Where he said, look, man, when it came to the Rams and Raiders, he felt like, it, you know, if they were playing a quality team, you know, if they won, he wouldn't be surprised. But if they lost, he wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> so I think that there is some of that. And I'll ask you this question. And mm-hmm. I'll get, I would love to get Greg's thoughts too. And maybe we'll open it up to the audience at 877-710-ESPN and we can talk to them because we haven't spoken to them today. Do you believe that this Rams team is capable – forget about the road part. They have to go on the road for three games, but it is a weird setup, right? Like, there's not a lot of fans in a lot of these stadiums if there's fans at all. There won't be any fans in Seattle, that's for sure. But do you believe that they can win with their style of play? Because before, they were this finesse team, right, who had a good defense, but more of a finesse team on offense. They were a video game. Boom, 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 boom. 40 points. They were just destroying you on offense. This time around – They are – I'm not saying they're a ball control team on offense, but they are more reserved on offense, right? More of a – still a precision, but more Mm -hmm. reserved. Um, They want to pound you with the running game, but they don't have the bell cow like a Todd Gurley. They've got multiple backs that they're working with, one which is sidelined and is out in Daryl Henderson Jr. Cam Akers coming back off injury. But they're going to have to win ugly, LZ. Now, my question is to you, do you think that you can defeat – the Seahawks, and maybe the Saints, and maybe the Packers, and win all three of those games in ugly fashion? Because I have a hard time believing that you can win that way against those type of quality opponents. Well, you can if you have a top-ranked defense, which we do. Mm -hmm. They do. They have the best defense in the league, yes. And that's the reason why I'm so bullish. You know, when I did a quick scroll through – of the number one defenses versus the number one offenses. Defense wins in the Super Bowl, baby. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, Super Bowl one, Kansas City Chiefs, which is quite you know interesting, uh, had the top-ranked offense at 32 points a game. The Green Bay Packers came in with the top-ranked defense. Packers won a Super Bowl 35-10. to 10. Similar thing happened the following season. Number one defense won. The number one offense lost easily. Same thing happened again and again and again. The reason why is because when you're dealing with the Super Bowl, particularly in the later months with outdoor spaces, your passing game takes a hit. Your offense takes a hit, but your defense travels. And our defense is going to travel. And when I look at the list that Greg, thank you very much for compiling for us, of the teams that we may have to face that's actually going to have fans, the Bucks looks like the team that we may face that may have the largest number of fans, and we may not even see them. Because I don't believe in the Bucks. I don't know if you do, but I don't. I, don't, I, don't I just think they're too, um, they're too inconsistent. Um, exactly. Their defense has got good talent, but you know they've been playing better. But, and their offense is starting to find their groove. But I, I still don't believe in their run game. Like, I, I, there are things about them, to your point, that I, I don't believe in just yet. Right. So that's the one that's going to have the largest crowd 
you know, potentially in the postseason that we may have to face just to right. get to the Super Bowl. But by the way, the Bucks, even with those inconsistencies, as they've been learning, they have a top five offense and the number six ranked defense. Like, despite those inconsistencies at time, the most recent run uh, of the last four games or so have been really good for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not a bad team. I just don't. I'm. I remember. You just don't. They, you're not a believer. I'm not a believer. Okay. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a, a full believer in what I've seen because of that inconsistency. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe Tom Brady was just kind of sandbagging, waiting for the postseason when it's money time. I oh, I don't know. think it was that. I just think he didn't know his team. You know what I'm saying? Like he had to get used to. You know, kind of like what we were talking about with the Lakers, right? Like there had right. to be some sense of uh, camaraderie and and consistency and and just getting to know each other. So, so with that being said. Um, there's really no team in the NFC that scares me. Not with you have the number one defense, and even if, Aaron Rodgers or even New Orleans, even because even though Aaron Rodgers, I believe they finished thirteen and three. You go and comb through that thirteen, a lot of close games. Sure, but that that's <laughs> the difference between what you're talking about having a great quarterback. Right, right. But this again, we're going back now to a, you know, a winter, right. Yeah. I mean, every, every team's got to go through Green Bay assuming that they make it. So right. eventually you're going to have to deal with snow. So that's going to mean Aaron Rodgers' aerial attack is going to be, you know, hampered. And right. he's got to go they, through Aaron they Jones. Can, they can run the ball too. Yeah, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones and, and, exactly. and Dylan and, and Jamal Williams. Like, they got running backs too now. They have running backs. But give me the running backs versus giving me, giving me sure. Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Picking your poison, I get what you're <laughs> yes. saying. Yes. What was he, 44 and 5? Touchdowns, interceptions. No, no. This year? He, get this. Here's the greatest Aaron Rodgers stat. I used it today on on Around the Horn. Aaron Rodgers threw 48 touchdowns this season. Guess how many times they punted this season? Jeez, how many? 46. My gosh. He had more touchdowns than than they had punts all season long. Yeah, that is a remarkable stat. Yeah. Now here, I got a stat for you. Go ahead. What? When was the last time Aaron Rodgers threw 10 interceptions in a season? I mean, you'd have to go back to, like, his rookie year probably? 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. A full decade of football as the starting quarterback, and you haven't thrown 10 interceptions in a season since 2010. So this is why they need to upgrade from golf. All right, coming up next, (laughs) Mike Trudell. Everyone, Everyone's favorite sideline reporter joins us to talk Lakers and the NBA in just three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yeah, yeah. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Lakers back in action mañana. That's tomorrow. Yes, that is tomorrow, LZ, actually. That is a great point. I was, by I you. was translating for the people. Yeah, I'm glad. You see, yeah, for those that are non-Spanish speakers, they are playing the back, uh, not back-to-back, but I guess their doubleheader uh, yes. with the Memphis Grizzlies and Mike Trudell, everyone's favorite sideline reporter and mm-hmm. host on Spectrum Sports, uh, joins us now here. Trudell, Happy New Year. So, Trudell... Before LZ and I even have questions for you, Greg Bergman, who is a nervous Nelly uh, of epic proportions, regardless of which team it is he's talking about, he's always afraid. The kid literally lives afraid all the time. 
So it's seven games into the season, and he already has, quote-unquote, concerns uh, about the Lakers, which is astonishing to me because they're 5-2 and two and they're in first place in the Western Conference. But, Greg, I'm going to let you um, voice your concerns with Trudell, and, Trudell, I'd like to hear you uh, and your thoughts on Greg's concerns. Go ahead, Greg. Again, it's more so- – <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We appreciate that. But it's this is more of something that's just to watch. So last year, the Lakers were really good in the interior, and their defense was great. They were number one in the in interior defense. This year, without Dwight Howard, without JaVale McGee, guys are getting into the paint. So paint protection is, a, is something I'm uh, I'm a little worried about, interested about. Michael? Well, it's yeah, it's it's fair, Greg, to, to think about what the Lakers have given up at the rim so far early this season. But I don't think that's a personnel issue so much as, as just a defense around the league is down. And my conclusion is that it's because the arenas are mostly dead um, due to having no fans there. And teams are still playing hard on offense that you don't really have to ask guys uh, to, to focus on that end. Everybody's looking for their shot, looking to spread the ball around, et cetera. Uh, but the, when there's not that same buzz in the building, um, I do think that takes away from, from just the general defense. And in the Lakers' case, you do certainly see that inside early but Marcus all even though he's a different type of defender from JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard is terrific at protecting the paint which translates to rim protection Anthony Davis and LeBron James both ratchet that up whenever they want to and I do think Greg later in the season uh, they they can always add an extra piece so once once all of that you know it, it that could get to the kind of contract situations but come January February they can always add something there if they need but yeah to me it, it's less about what the roster is especially compared to other teams in the NBA and it's more just about what we've seen league-wide in terms of defense on the interior so Greg concern number two go ahead before LZ and I go LZ you can go after Greg and then uh you know we, we can remove Greg from his concerns already I do think that this is a, a product of it being very early, but there are a lot of turnovers right now where they're just not on the same page, and I just really would like to see that cleaned up. Yeah, turnovers are were an issue last year as well uh, for much of the regular season, but you know, in the playoffs, not as much, especially compared to other teams. So, yes, like is, is it a little bit sloppy on that end? Sure, uh, but the turnover percentage isn't really too bad for the Lakers. I think, uh, Greg, I'm looking at it right now, they're 16th in the NBA, right about in the middle of the pack. That's absolutely fine. And the offense has been terrific. They're third in offensive rating, and that's, again, against some of the better teams so far in the NBA and the Western Conference. So, like, it's, it's not that this team is perfect. You can always find ways to improve them. You can always point at certain things, and I think you're right to look at turnovers and points given up in the interior. But to me, they remain the best team in the league, and they have fewer problems than anybody else. And, and I suppose that's the good news at this point of the season. I feel yeah, much better. James. Yeah, James. <laughs> that's my name for you now. Yeah. James. James. Why yes. is it James? I don't know. I just wanted to call him something weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So I just so I just said James. Okay. Um all right, now so the so that the adults can talk now. Oh, uh, wow. oh come on now. Come bam, on bam, now. Bam, 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 Well, you start off the whole segment with something that I was concerned with last year. That was old news. We moved on. It's 2021. We're moving forward now. All right, listen. Here's the thing. I think the Lakers are right where they need to be at this point in the season. But I am a little concerned about health, particularly with the ins and out with COVID. What's going on with, with Caruso and what's going to happen with the league moving forward now that things are – spiking up even though there is a you know vaccine that we can have yeah uh lz first of all what's up man nice to hear your voice 
to Donald. I still owe you dinner. It's, I still owe you dinner from like four years ago. I know. We're, the, the pandemic kind of cut into, cut into that too, right? Uh, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there one of these days. I mean, so I, I don't have anything specific on Caruso other than uh, that it looks like, like Frank Vogel said, that we're going um, to get something in the next couple of days. So my guess is that means he's not going to be playing um, in tomorrow's game. I don't, I don't know if that's finalized for sure yet, but I don't think he joined them on the trip. Um, again, I don't know specifically, but it's the larger concern, LZ, I think is a fair one. Overall, though, the NBA has done pretty well, uh, all things considered. And I also think you have to bake in the fact that there were several players that had the virus last season. Uh, you know, like, they, obviously, they had to stop the season because players had it. And other than the rookies that are coming in, many of those players are still in the league. So that just all that really does is it cuts down the percentage of guys that are, you know, likely to contract it again since most of the studies out there, and, and LZ, I know you know about uh, as much about this as, as anybody, um, th- you're not likely to contract it a second time. But uh, that doesn't mean it's not going to crop up again. We just saw it, it happen to Kevin Durant, and it isn't necessarily that the player gets it. It's just that they're within a close contact of somebody that has it. And I think what that, that ends up turning into is like a seven-day period um, by which you have to test regularly and can't be around the team. So it's, it's nothing that you can dismiss. But it does seem like they have a pretty good handle on it. And, if, you know, fortunately, there's only been the one game that had to be canceled so far. Trudell, of all the new additions on this particular roster this season, what has been the most pleasant surprise from a player this year? Maybe something that you didn't realize uh, previously uh, that before they played for the Lakers. Yeah, George, it's a good question. There have been a couple of things that I think – so surprise isn't necessarily the word – um, that I would use, but just that it's been encouraging to see that it translated. And like, so if I had to take one thing, take Schroeder's shooting. So Dennis Schroeder had his best shooting season last year in Oklahoma City. A lot of the times he was playing with another point guard, whether it was Chris Paul or Shea Gilders Alexander, and he was really good on spot up uh, threes. And that's something that we've already seen translate early this season. His shot looks nice. Um, it, he, he did not have as good percentages early in his career, especially in Atlanta. So that's something that's important, I think, to have whenever you have LeBron and AD out there. And if you don't need him to be making plays, which he can do, of course, uh, then it's nice that he's hitting those open shots. And then maybe the second thing, Sedano, so Marcus Saul was really, really good in the regular season last year, was not at his best in the bubble. Now that happened for several guys, but what I've seen so far from Gasol is more of that regular season Gasol, um, where like his net rating has been off the charts. Uh, he opens things up for LeBron and AD as a stretch five, which the Lakers didn't have on the roster last year. He is a brilliant passer, again, which is super nice to have when you have another great passer like LeBron out there. Um, so I've been encouraged with how Marcus played so far. Uh, and, and so those, those are just be two things from the new guys, George. Did you know that they thought a Bond girl was dead I and mean, she was actually alive? She was just taking a nap? Did you, did you hear that story? Is that the thing that I got? So for whatever reason, I get I'll get random E alerts, uh, and like, and I don't think I signed up for alerts on E at any point. But I, I think that may have come across my phone at some point, and I just get, I was like, who's that? And then like, why are they? Why did they say she was that? So that must have been what it was about. How LZ? Is that, is that, the yeah, that was about apparently someone saw her. Her eyes were closed. They thought she was dead, and so they issue a statement that she was dead. Apparently, she was just asleep. So my question to you is. Which Laker is most likely to be considered dead when he's taking a nap? Uh, you know what? I think Greg wants to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a, com- a conversation uh, Trudell wants to have. 
<laughs> I, I just, I mean, uh, let's see. Most most likely to be considered dead while taking a nap. Um, here, I'll I'll give you my answer, LZ, but I want yours first. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh... You know who's who looks sleepy as hell is AD. AD looks sleepy to me. I can see him closing his eyes and people are like going, yo, man, he all right? <laughs> so I'm going to go AD because he's mean, got a AD's, sleepy face. AD's, AD's a pretty relaxed dude, you know? Uh, so I see what you're saying. I, I would say, you know, Kuzma is also a pretty laid-back, relaxed type of guy. Yeah. So, you know, you could you could put him in that in that category as well. Yeah, unless you're asking him about his N one and his Puma commercial, but uh, then uh, he gets a little spicy. He gets very spicy. Yeah, actually. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Trudell, one more question for you. Um, so, Taylor Horton Tucker, everyone is enamored by him, and understandably so. Um, what are things that you've seen from him that you say, "Oh wow, this is really encouraging and can only get better"? And what are some things that you say to yourself, "Okay, he could he could still use some work on this." Yeah, so he so he can still use some work on on basically like being an off ball player, you know, knowing where to be, uh, knowing how to play off of teammates, like the stuff that he's most likely going to be on the court for in certain playoff minutes. And you can say that on both sides of the court. But and this is the the sort of the overwhelming good news: the stuff that he can already do at age twenty. Um, again, the second youngest player in the league last year. You can give him the basketball, and he can get a good shot for himself or for a teammate. And that is something that, that just does not come uh, to – like it doesn't just come along later for most players. Sure, you might see it here and there, uh, but for the most part, if you're good at operating in screen roll, um, that's, uh, that's something that sticks. And then he's got the body to be able to execute on it. So he can use his skill and his craft and his guile to kind of get into the paint. And then once he's in there, he's got that ridiculous 71-inch wingspan. Uh, he's got huge hands, and he can just sort of protect the ball – wait for contact with the defense, and then finish with either hand in there, or he can kick out. And I, I also just – the intangible part of it is nice, too. He's a quiet kid, but uh, he's, he's super, super wired into getting better, and all he does is listen to LeBron uh, and listen to AD and listen now to uh, Marc Gasol coming in. Rondo was his guy last year he would watch film with, so he wants to be great. He doesn't care that he was drafted in the second round in part because of a foot injury. So there, there's a lot of upside there, and I think that the last thing I'll say about this, guys, it's the good news with him is he doesn't hurt you while he's developing. He's good enough that you can put him in there for some developmental minutes, but he's not going to be a big net negative, and that's not easy to do either on a good team. There he is, Mike Trudell, everyone's favorite sideline reporter, of course, host as well on uh, Spectrum Sportsnet. My man, thank you so much. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, guys. Good talking to you. All right, man. Thanks, Take brother. Care. All right, there's Trudell. All right, coming up next, is the third time the charm? Seahawks, Rams, can the Rams continue their dominance? We'll tell you why they can in just a few moments. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Sedano and LZ with you here. Thanks to Mike Trudell for stopping by. If you missed Trudell, make sure you subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, please, while you're there. If you missed any part of the show, you could always catch up with us there, and we always appreciate that you do that. While obviously we want you listening here, we also want you kind of in on all the jokes, on all the commentary, and all the fun. So please subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on the ESPN app, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. Um, all right, coming up in a little bit, we're going to do Previously On, which is basically it's been three weeks, LZ, since you and I were together, and a lot has happened since then. So we're going to, in a very lightning round style, we're going to tackle a lot of things uh, from the Lakers to the Clippers to the Rams, the Raiders, the Chargers, and even the Dodgers. Okay, in the 6 o'clock segment, then Lindsey Theory will stop by at 6.15, and we will talk about the Rams. Uh, We'll talk about the Rams here in a second, too. But first, LZ, we were talking during the break about movies during the holidays. Yes. And I have yet to see Soul, uh, although I will see it. Um, I was going to watch Wonder Woman, and then Uh I read social media. And everybody I know hated the movie. So normally that does not deter me. But I have heard such horrible things about how bad that movie is, which is a real damn shame because I thought the first one was actually pretty good. Um, it, it just it's mind boggling to me how DC Comics can't get this thing right. But you saw the movie. Yes. Um, what is your assessment of the movie? Trash. It's why? Trash. Why is it it's tra- straight trash? Uh, there are a lot of reasons why. But the main reason is just the inconsistency of intelligence. Like, I'm a big comic book guy. I grew up reading comic books. I used to draw my own comic books. I work for Marvel. Like, I love comic books. I love fantasy. And I've seen every DC movie, including Green Lantern, multiple times. Mostly because Ryan Reynolds is naked in it. But also because I just like DC comics. With all that being said, the fact that Wonder Woman, and if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it for you, so whatever. She established in the last movie the first one, that she could fly. Right. So why is she swinging on a rope to fight people in the second movie when she can just fly? Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing was her man died fighting Hitler, which was a long time ago. Right. He comes back in 1984. Right. By the the way, if you don't remember, he died in that plane, right? This is a long, the the first movie was out a long time ago. So if you haven't seen that, that's on your own. That's on you. That's definitely on you. Yeah. He comes back, and he's a white man. And we're talking a period of, inter, you know, segregation still very much alive. Right, Jim and Crow. how many years are we talking about? 50 years, basically. Yeah, 50 years. Right. He ain't asking old girl no questions. Right. No. Which, by the way, would have been funny, right, in the movie. Yeah, like, why are there black people on this train with us? <laughs> why are they sitting up front with us? Yes. Why are we in a restaurant and there are blacks being served? Right. Why are you dressed like that? Why right. are you wearing Women a miniskirt? Women were not dressed like that either. Why, yes, exactly. Why, why Why is your midriff exposed? Yeah. Like, he didn't ask any of these questions. Mm-hmm. And then the kicker was, for some reason, even though he's been dead for 50 years, he knew how to fly a jet in 1984. Like, it's the same technology or something. It took me two and a half days to get through the movie. I kept forcing my way through it because I want to know what I'm trashing. It's important to me to be completely informed if I'm going to go off on something. So I watched it from beginning to end, and I just kept shaking my head like going, this has no integrity whatsoever. None whatsoever. The world, that World War II and the world today or in 1984 are so vastly different. 
in so many areas, and yet this man is walking around with his woman and ain't asking no questions? Yeah, it seems (laughs) unrealistic, right? Yeah, it's pretty silly. It's Uh, stupid. But why was the movie just, outside of that, what else was bad about it? Uh, the same old trope that, you know, you've seen in a thousand and one movies. I believe Batman three had it with Michael Keaton where, you know, you have a, you have a character who's shy and awkward and is a nerd right, and really smart or talented, or whatever. And somehow they get powers or, or access right. to something. Oh, right. And that's the Kristen Wiig character. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now they get hot and sexy. Right. You know, it's like. Why are you hot and sexy now just because you have powers? You still the same personality. Right. Like you're still like you couldn't have worn makeup before, but now that you have powers, now you're wearing makeup. Like yeah. none of it made any sense. It's just and cheesy, is what you're saying. It's so bad, George. It's so bad. Yeah. If you gotta go watch a movie, go watch Soul. Yeah. I wanna watch Soul. Go watch um, Soul. The only thing problematic about Soul, and I'll I'll just say this really briefly, um, there wasn't enough soul music in it. Right, right. That's fair. Um, let me ask musician. you this: yes. Do you will you be playing soul music after the Rams potentially beat the Seahawks? Do you like their matchup? If you had to I'm, pick anyone, oh, it's so perfect. Do you? If you had to pick anyone, because Aaron Donald said that's who they wanted to see. But if you oh. and we'll ask Lindsay Theory about that at six fifteen. But if you had to pick any one specific team that they could have faced, are they the team? Absolutely. Not it's even so the Washington perfect. football team. It, no, this is so perfect. It's so perfect to be facing the Seahawks, a team that we know, a team that has all the pressure on them. We didn't win the division. We didn't win 11 games. We're not, you know, we're not supposed to move on. You know, we didn't have the MVP candidate. All the pressure is on the Hawks. You mentioned the Washington football team. Yeah, they won the division. No one expects them to win the game. So the pressure would have been on the Rams to beat Washington. Here, the pressure's all on Russell Wilson, this remade offense or defense. And golf is hurt, right? So there's less of an expectation. There's less of an expectation, exactly. This is so perfect. And we're going to win, by the way. We're going to – I don't care who our quarterback is. We're beating them on Saturday. What happened there? What what just happened there? Yeah, I think I did. Like you had like an in-burp? You know, like you sucked too much air and you were like one of those? Yeah, I got really excited. (laughs) I'm also looking at this hilarious clip that someone sent us on Twitter of Homer Simpson. And it almost made me. Oh, about, about Greg, yeah, about yeah, Greg, yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. against Greg. Yeah. We'll ad- we'll ad- we'll address that on the other side because some things never change. We'll get to that coming up. Plus, previously on, it's been three weeks since LZ and I were on together, so we got a lot of catching up to do on the Lakers, Clippers, Rams, Raiders, Chargers, and even the Dodgers. All those teams, okay? All six of those teams. We're going to cover them in ten minutes. So stick around. We are back in two and a half minutes here on Seven Ten ESPN.